This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland, and this is The Leader. Someone in the UK right now has a new form of COVID-19 that scientists think could set back our roadmap out of lockdown. And we have no idea who they are or where they are. The third case uh, is an individual who didn't fill in the test card uh, contact details. But what we're asking uh, people to do is if they've had a test on the 12th or the 13th of February, and haven't had a result yet to get in touch with, uh, uh, in England, 119. Vaccines Minister Nadine Zahawi was on national telly like this interview on BBC Breakfast appealing for whoever it is to hand themselves in. Boris Johnson's insisting there's nothing to worry about. First of all, uh, we have no reason uh, not to think that our uh, vaccines are effective against these uh, variants of concern at the present time. So, uh, you know, people should should take that uh, as some, uh, you know, as, as some evidence of confidence. And then also listen to what Public Health England are, are also saying. They, they don't think that, that there is a threat uh, to the wider public. But obviously, we are continuing to do everything we can uh, to stop variants coming in at our borders. That's why we've got a tough regime. But that's not what scientists, including the government's own sage advisor, Professor Graham Medley, think. He says there's always a risk we might have to go backwards in our roadmap out of lockdown. Our political reporter, Sophia Slay, is here. Sophia, how did this happen? (laughs) That seems like a very, very simple question, but I, I cannot give you a simple answer, I'm afraid. I suppose what you can say is that we're in a bit of a cat and a mouse game with a new variant this time from Brazil and that the government is literally trying to track down a carrier that they don't know who they are, where they are. Um, and they've basically made a very, very public appeal to try and try and tra- track down this person. Um, essentially, what they've done is this individual has, has you know filled in their registration form when they got their COVID-19 test. But it's not got their name and details on it. So they can't contact this person. So there's this crazy sort of scramble to try and track down this person. They don't know who, what, where. Um, They know roughly when. So there's something there. Um, It's someone who took the test on or around February the 12th or 13th and obviously didn't get their result back. Um, So that's where we are at the moment. And and the government's put out this very, very public appeal for people to call, you know, 119 if, if that was them, if they think that could be them. 
But I mean, it really is quite something when the vaccines minister has to go on national television <laughs> to appeal to somebody to, to come forward, isn't it? Yeah, it is quite extraordinary. Um, and it, it's a shame, really, because I do think, you know, credit where credit's due. I think the government's done a really good job on, on the vaccines programme. It was, you know, a huge scale operation, a mega operation. And on the whole, I think it'd be fair to say it has been a success story. But, um, you know, the criticism comes in, um, particularly, you know, Labour pointing out why on earth wasn't the hotel quarantine uh, in place by that point already? They'd announced it and everything, been talking about it, but why wasn't it in place by that point? And we knew, you know, there was the risk of these variants. They'd stopped flights from Brazil and, and South Africa because obviously we had the problem with the South African variant. And I suppose it is, you know, the poor minister was, you know, basically admitting on his media round this morning that the government has no idea who this person is, where they live, whether they even travelled to Brazil or not, whether they're, you know, being good at home and self-isolating or, you know, potentially they, you know, could be on, on the bus going to work and have they could be asymptomatic and have no idea that they've had it. So clearly embarrassing, Sophia, but does it matter? The Prime Minister says that our vaccines can be adapted anyway. It does matter because scientists are basically saying, you know, this could set us back on our route map out of lockdown. And there was there was a couple of scientists this morning and one in particular who was who's one of the government advisors um, you know, said we might have to go backwards in terms of our route map, because the fear is basically that this variant could be more resistant to vaccines than other variants. So that's kind of what we're looking at at the moment. So. Apart from ministers doing TV appeals, what else is happening to try and trace this person? Uh, they're, they're trying to trace the person down uh, through sort of postal records and things like that. I understand that they're also um, trying to speak to sort of local authorities um, on their systems to try and track down the person. Um, but yeah, it sounds like, you know, this is just one, the public feels just one part of them urgently trying to track down who this person is and where they might be. There's more on this on our website at standard.co.uk. Now, Oprah Winfrey's been teasing her big interview with Harry and Meghan. Were you silent or were you silenced? I just want to make it clear to everybody there is no subject that's off limits. That's one of two 30-second clips for the CBS special that's running in the US on Sunday. Interestingly, Meghan doesn't say anything in either of them. Our royal editor Robert Jobson's here. Robert, is that because she's not said anything interesting or does she have an awful lot that they're keeping under wraps just now? Oh, no, I think this is all part of an orchestrated PR uh, sales technique that CBS are using, Oprah's using. You know, Harry's already spoken to James Corden. He's done his jovial act and, you know, slightly jokey stuff. Then he's looked more serious in these pre-clips, these promotion clips. They're saving the big one for Megan. I mean, she's the star in America. Harry's just the sideshow. She's the American princess. And, uh, you know, every time she, uh, Oprah said, you know, silent or silence, you know, they did a... It was like a Hollywood movie. They did a close-up on her face and she had all the emotion. So, really, I think they're just trying to build up that the main stuff's going to... The main shocking stuff, as uh, Oprah has told us, is is going to be coming from Meghan herself, but you're going to have to wait for the main event for that. They have said, Harry and Meghan have said, that they don't want to upset the Queen. But is Buckingham Palace worried about what might come out of this? It's a bit late to start saying you don't want to upset the Queen. I mean, this has clearly upset uh, the apple cart in, in, in every way possible. I mean, you don't have Oprah Winfrey saying this is a no-holds-barred interview um, and saying that uh, nothing is off limits. Uh, and... 
uh, and they're not going to be difficult questions. I mean, the fact there's going to be references to the late Diana Princess of Wales, it's, it's not going to be 90 minutes of having uh, a go at the media because that'd be exceptionally boring. Harry's been doing that for years. And, uh, you know, the message is there to be shot at. Over, only in this case, in my opinion, I think that uh, both Harry and Meghan were given a voice and a platform on which they spoke very loudly and spoke on a wide range of subjects and um, whilst they were working roles. But, you know, clearly if Oprah Winfrey is calling this shocking, um, then there's going to be some revelations that are going to upset um, the royal family. Um, I think even Jets generally saying that the way that Harry's spoken about his mother already, um, reference her into the whole thing and the way that you know she felt so alone and that's why she had to leave the royal family. At least he had his his uh, wife and and that they could share the problem. You know, it's another sort of you know coming so soon after the crown where Prince Charles got a, a hammering. It's another sort of attack on. Prince Charles, I and mean, at the end of the day, Prince Charles has done his best since uh, Harry lost his mum and he's raised him as well as he could and he's financed him and done everything. So it's a little bit unfair on the Prince of Wales to start now, you know, having a go at him in this way, I think. So what's the PR strategy for Harry and Meghan then? I mean, is it going to be some kind of scorched earth thing where they totally separate themselves entirely from the royal family and they never speak to William again and they upset the Queen and they're just going to go off on that route? Well, well they, they don't seem to have a policy because ultimately, you know, if you, if you were them, you wouldn't um, put all your eggs in one basket in the first, you know, few weeks of being in California, months of being in California, you know, you've done a James Corden interview, you've now done an Oprah Winfrey interview. I suppose you then, there's all talk about them doing a sort of documentary as well about themselves. There comes a point when you're going to get a little bit Harry and Meghan overkill, particularly as they're talking about their private lives incessantly whilst complaining about not having a private life. So and in America, everything, isn't it, is about your profile. And of course, they're doing their best to build up their profile in America, where actually Harry is not as well known as one would think. Um, Meghan, Meghan, you know, wants to build up the profile too, because the bigger the profile, the bigger the paycheck and um, the bigger the exposure for their foundation in which they want to use to do good. So... My personal belief is they've, they've gone out there to try to boost their own popularity, their own exposure, their own brand, and they don't really care too much what that's doing to the royal brand, of, of which you know is seen by comparison as quite staid and matter-of-fact. I mean, the Queen um, has spent all her life dedicated to service and duty, is, is an intrinsic part of the British political system. And this, in a way, is, is sort of cheapening that whole business of what the monarchy and what the royal family are all about, which is a shame, I think. As for um, the timing of it, it's not great, because, of course, it's all happening. Whilst um, the Duke of Edinburgh, who, like the Queen, has served all his adult life um, as, a, as somebody who's a devoted public servant, um, is not very well in hospital and has actually just been moved hospitals today so look, I think that uh, maybe in the years to come they might look back at the way they've handled this and realize as Princess Diana did that it's not always um, the best way to go out so loudly and not and it's best to sometimes leave doors open. That news about Prince Philip came through just before we started speaking, Robert. So obviously this is all kind of breaking news. We don't really know what, what's happening at the moment. But there seems to be a, a bit of a brave face being put on the on the prince being in hospital. Are they worried at Buckingham Palace? Are people concerned about Prince Philip over this? Or is he expected to be out of hospital maybe next week? Well, we hope um, that he leaves hospital at the end of the week. Um, 
we we really do hope um, that, that happens. But he's now been in the hospital longer than any other spell that he spent in the hospital. His age, you know, his great age, is only a few several weeks off being a one hundred doesn't help. Um, yeah, I mean they're trying to keep things quite straightforward at, at, at the palace. The, the tone is certainly um, less upbeat than it has been. I mean we when we started we were talking about this being him being treated with an abundance of caution. Um, but this one, you know, is 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 definitely there's a different a different tone to it in, in what is being said and what is being implied. He's being moved hospitals, and although he's comfortable um, and responding to treatment, he's expected to stay in hospital until the, at least the end of the week. But the thing that is is important is being transferred to St Bartholomew's Hospital, where the the doctors will continue to treat an infection, which we we, we said in the evening standard it was an infection, um, but also to keep an observation on his pre-existing heart condition. Well, you know, this is now getting more specific in what they're saying. And um, I think that we've all, um, we hope for the best and, um, you know, wish him well, because clearly he's not very well at the moment. And that's the leader. Join us again tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Acast anbefaler. Mit navn er Anders Mogentarder. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider skrætter alle de der podcast og forklarer mig nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lyt til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmangel.